Something true to show you what I am to you. Something real to cause your heart to rush with love, cause your mouth to rush to mine, and make your eyes ignore what is unreal. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show for our first hour. Joining us this week, Missy Clifton, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. My name is Tom Dupree. No. I'll just introduce myself once again. This is uh, another song by Harry Nilsson. I clicked on eBay and bought 15 albums, his whole compilation for... Not a very large price. About three months ago, got it, and it sat in the corner for about three months, and now I've started listening to it. This is his 12th album. The guy, he was very prolific. He had a few songs that people knew about, but there was confusion. People thought Nilsson was the name of a group. It was actually his last name. I don't think he did much to clear up the confusion. Sort of an odd guy in some ways. Very good friends with John Lennon. They became drinking buddies. Imagine that. And uh, actually did an album together that's not a very good album. But his songwriting is really amazing. And uh, I knew he was a good songwriter. I mean, everybody's heard me and my arrow, straight to the narrow, wherever we go, everyone knows it's me and my arrow. This is one of those moments that we really, so that's a song, that that's, we need video. That's this is actually, one of those moments, yeah. That's from an album called The Point, which is actually a children's story. And Arrow, it sounds like it's his girlfriend. It's his dog. He actually, I mean, the guy just creative like crazy. And uh, another song he wrote. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. So we all think Three Dog Night, right? No, Harry Nilsson. He, he wrote a lot of songs that he did and that other people did. So I'm going to kind of keep playing some of his stuff because, 
you know, he was a fatalistic type person. He did not do much to promote himself very well. He wasn't a good marketer. A lot of artists aren't. Well, this guy was worse than many. And, you know, he was a bad drunk and very angry. Just listen to that song, 1941. It talks about his father leaving the family. Uh, And so he had a lot of anger. And, you know. Well, and a lot of it, what's interesting is he's not. He is the uh, stereotypical musician. There are no, lot, not completely. Well, there are a lot that have very similar struggles, and that's where some of their best content comes if from because they're writing from a place of pain. If in a small way I can do a little bit to just share his music with others in a way that maybe he couldn't, maybe. Psalm 73. Truly, God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, for my steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Now, how many people do you know that have ever felt that way? Then he goes on to say, you know, well, they get away with it, and I get my butt kicked. Uh, and then you go out to verse 23 of Psalm 73. Nonetheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward. All right, <laughs> let's go. I, I can't do this. This is choking me up. Let's talk about the news. Uh, and I can get there with that. Um, I read something, came into my email today, and I think Missy will she'll start grinding on this one. Uh <laughs> This is from Lenora Thompson. She's, I've gotten on her email thing. She's, uh, it's called Patriot something, uh, Patriot writer. And she's a, uh, kind of reminds me of uh, the late um, uh, Eunice Logan. He kind of has this cobbled together, very passionate lady. She has a picture of Donald Trump. Pray for this man. He's fighting an evil we can't even imagine. A lesser man persecuted as severely as President Trump would have thrown in the towel long ago. Thank God President Trump is made of sterner stuff than that. Then she writes this blog post, which is really good. Um, She says, most Americans are good-hearted people. They try to follow the golden rule and receive decent treatment in return. So when Mar-a-Lago was raided, all Americans felt vicariously violated. I don't know if I'd say all. (laughs) I might say 55%. But let's say they did. The FBI may as well have invaded all of our homes. It was that 
personal. Two days later, President Trump was interrogated for four hours. That's by this woman who's showboating. Uh, she's the Attorney General of New York State. I can't think of her name. And he just took the Fifth Amendment the whole time. <laughs> it's kind of funny because he said the only people that take the Fifth Amendment are mobsters. <laughs> and he said, but when you're in this kind of condition like me, you got to, which is exactly right. A line was crossed in the soul of every American. We all feel molested, and there's no going back. What little innocence or trust we had is shredded forever. We've looked into the face of evil, and we don't much like it. Uh, writing for Red State, Nick Arema stated, raiding the private home of President Donald Trump was like kicking that sleeping giant. If people weren't already fired up to come out to kick the Democrats out, this just made them more energized to do so. On Twitter, who knows if you can believe that, Democrats are loudly and unabashedly proclaiming that the raid pushed them over the edge. Now, I'm not a big political guy, but I do study it a little bit. So... What you've had within the Republican Party that has self-sabotaged it are people like Paul Ryan, uh, people really in a way like Mitch McConnell, like Lindsey Graham, who talk a good game, but when it really comes down to it, they typically vote with big government and that sort of thing. I think that what's happened will have to cause these people to get behind Trump also. I think that this raid may be the best thing that ever happened to the Republican Party. You know, there's a, uh, there's a passage in Romans, the book of Romans in the New Testament. I think it's chapter 8, verse 28. All things work to the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, for people who are uh, gearing themselves towards doing the right thing, sometimes things will get thrown in their path that appear to be disastrous and wrong and bad. And in their whole calculus, it actually works in their favor. I mean, how many times have you seen that? Somebody who's on their way to trying to do something good has something bad happen to them, but it actually works out to end up helping them. I don't know. What's your thought on that? Well, I wanted to back up. You said you're not political. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, so what's uh, your point? He's not political. He's just got lots of opinions. Now, which which okay. political party do I belong to? Independent. Yep. Yeah. I so know. that's not political. You're right. Um, truly, I don't. I you know whatever whatever your thoughts are about Trump, uh, the obsessions with trying the obsession with trying to take him down is gotten now bizarrely mental. Even if you hate him, and that's the kind of interesting uh, development of of this. It's this not whole just thing. mental. It's it's psychological. It's 
emotional. It's bizarre. It's yeah. bizarre. And, it, you know, I, I kept thinking to myself, Christopher Ray, what happened to you? I thought you were supposed to be the golden boy at one point, you know. And, and by the way, there's somewhere, somewhere, there is a laptop. Christopher Ray, head of the FBI. Yeah, somewhere there's a laptop from hell in somebody's safe or drawer. Please go find it. Please just go find it. Go do something that might benefit us. So Garland comes out, and then he gets all over people for doubting the FBI. Well, they gave us the Steele dossier. They gave us the whole Russia thing. The FBI, and he wants to ask us why we would ever say anything negative about the FBI. Look at their track record recently. Absolutely. And, you know, the first thing I said I, when I came in uh, the day after the you know this bust, um, came in and asked Margaret Greider, sweetest lady in the world, I said, was there a warrant? What did the affidavit allege? What is the name of the requesting law enforcement officer? What is the name of the authorizing judge? What evidence? I mean, I asked, I said, those are questions that will have to be answered. And funny, just like, not funny, but just like the Texas school shooting, the details that are being released are unsavory at best. How does the president of the United States come out and say, we didn't know this was happening? Now, let me tell you something. I see what this is. It's his, it's his attempt to sort of build asbestos between him and the you-know-what show that's getting ready to take place around this. But it's even worse if you're the president to deny, to deny knowing about it. That shows that your whole administration is so completely out of control. And they said, well, it might not have been the president. It might have been this Ron Klain character. But, you know, it's you're saying you're going out and saying I didn't know it was happening? My God. yeah, That well, just tells you right there what we all know. Biden is not running anything. You know, nor that the, you know, the press secretary uh, you know, knew nothing, know nothing, that this biggest event, you know, unprecedented of entering a former president's home what, 18, 19 months after this, everything that's yeah. gone on? I, I, you know, the truth is... It's the, like you have these children who are in charge of government, the levers of government, and they're walking around in a big room saying, I wonder what happens if we push this button? What about this button? What do we, you know, we're, they don't have the... That is a scary analogy. They don't have the emotional... It's like giving a child a million dollars in their bank account and saying, here's your money, go spend it. You know, you've taken people that should have never been anywhere near the top of the food chain and put them there based on who the hell knows what and said, okay, you go be in charge. That's what's happening. And, and, and you know what? 45 to 50, maybe even more than that percent of this country is okay with that. And these are the people that are also making decisions about your health and welfare. Just not mine. Just a reminder. Not mine. Okay. Well, I see. I believe the truth is that Mar-a-Lago, the whole FBA raid, is just the start of a new narrative where nothing really needs to be real. It just needs to be repeated enough that it appears real. That the news can report absolute bull shite night after night. And they're never fact-checked. They never come back and say they were wrong. 
Um, it's just the rest of us plebeian small people that cannot utter an opinion without being fact, fact checked to death. So they're talking in this thing from Lenora Thompson, talking about the agenda that the deep state has tried to implement. And she says, Obama was too lazy and too busy golfing to get his part of the agenda done. Hillary failed to cheat enough. So the unthinkable happened. His name is Trump. The DNC purposely picked a brainless shell with a nearly forgotten name, Joe Biden, over a much more charismatic, intelligent candidate like Cory Booker, someone who can easily be 25th and disappeared. They know he's not Biden. They know he's brainless. It was by design. Conservative screaming about it makes us look rather naive and foolish. The deep state knows it knows it better than we do. Um, what was but, it? Thirty three thousand emails Hillary Clinton deleted from her server, but that wasn't that. Apparently, that's not a. Well, not a I mean, the the whole thing. Sometimes things take a long time. The stink has to get really bad. I mean, but this is just. I mean, what, we're going to get people like some of the people that we know on Facebook and places that are where we see people like that. I just mouthed a name. We're going to get people like that who are going to begin to say, wait a minute, this isn't quite what I voted for. Well, and, you, you know, know it, and, and people like my, some of my family members we, even. But we, we've mentioned before, week after week, that it is a constant stream of distraction, of news events, of, of you know, clutching the pearls. Oh, my gosh, what happened now? It's this, it's this, it's this, it's this. And when I look at this Mar-a-Lago as upsetting or strange, bizarre as it is, I, I think immediately, what are you trying to distract me from? And what happened a year ago? This month, our disastrous pulling out of Af Afghanistan. It's only been a year. Wow. It's only been a year. Read that while I'm talking. I can't. What? what? Go ahead. Um, I, I believe that all things, it's like the children of Israel, they put the blood on the door. So t today, you put the, put the, um, you put the rainbow flag on the doorpost so the FBI and the IRS will pass over. It is funny. Well, okay, and you I, put a BLM thing yeah. on there. You go up and down uh, uh, Bardstown Road in Louisville, and all these businesses have Black Lives Matter uh, signs on them. Don't bust our windows out. So all this virtue signaling and – the reason this happens is because of you guys, <laughs> not you that are conservative, but maybe even you that are conservative that would never stand up and say anything. And if you think the Dems, Dems will overplay your hand, their hands, and suddenly things will get better when the Republicans get elected, you're wrong. You have to become engaged you know, people tell me, I love your radio show. Well, do you do anything as a result of listening to it? Do you get involved? 
I mean, there, there's a lot of people that are sort of what I would call armchair conservatives. They uh, are content to sort of go about their business and do stuff. You should get activated. I don't care what you do. I was talking to a lady uh, up in North Carolina when we were there last week. She was from Atlanta. You know, she was just talking about, she was watching Fox News on her phone. She seemed all stirred up. And I said, honey, you got to do something. You can't just sit there and worry. Well, this and that. Start small. Do something. Make your voice her, do you think when I first started this radio, first of all, it took me four years for the station to even give me a little one-hour show. I had to work four years to get this, begging them, running ads on their station. And then it took another, another. And then I had, it worked for a while, then it quit working. It's like fishing. Oh, this lure doesn't work anymore. What am I going to use now? You know, maybe we should scrap radio altogether. People think, well, it's just something you do. No, it isn't. I don't get paid to do this. This is something we pay. This is not my job. I don't do this for a job. I'm in the investment business for a job. Nobody's paying. We don't have sponsors. Nobody to offset. It's because we love our country. Growing our business helps us keep promoting this stuff and everything else we do. So... If you like what you hear, get involved. All right, so I just learned that when we do the music on my phone, if I get a text that comes through, the music goes away. So we're a little late getting out of this segment. Why do you give up all our secrets? Well, you know what? You were giving me the stink eye. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Missy Clifton. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. Cause your mouth to rush to mine. Make your eyes ignore what is unreal. Twelve o'clock at night, you walk out of door. You told me, baby, you were going to the drugstore. But in my mind, I knew you were blind.
hats in their hands. Don't you hear her no more? You understand? Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show with Missy Clifton. There's a little story being told in this song. <laughs> we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. Okay, this is a song by a guy named Earl King. I didn't really know much about him until a movie called Down by Law came out in 1984. I was living in Houston at the time. And it featured um, a guy named John Lurie, another guy named Tom Waits, W-A-I-T-S, and the Italian actor named Roberto Benini, who has, was also known for a movie called Life is Beautiful. And um, it's a, you can get down by law. It's in black and white. You can get it free on YouTube, if you don't mind uh, five seconds worth of commercials every 10 minutes. But in the movie, Zach, who is the guy played by um, Tom Waits, has been kicked out of his girlfriend's apartment. And he, some guy frames him. He drives a car and they, there's a dead guy in the trunk and he gets put in jail. But the, the point is uh, he starts imitating himself being a DJ to the John Lurie character named Jack, who's a pimp. Uh, and he got put in jail for something too in their cell. And he's going, and here's a song by New Orleans own Earl King. And it's a real song called Trick Bag. And they mention it in the movie. Uh, Earl King was born in New Orleans. His father was a piano player, died when Earl was still a baby. And he wrote songs that Jimi Hendrix played. Uh, one of them is called Come On. Stevie Ray Vaughan played his stuff. Um, he, he, he basically uh, was a guy that was, I would call him a purveyor of New Orleans funk, F-O-N-K. Um, and it's just, it, you know, you've got people like Fats Domino, that kind of came out of that music scene, uh, guitar slim. It's like a Southern extension of Delta blues, but it's got a different kind of vibe to it. The guy that really did the most to uh, popularize the New Orleans F-O-N-K sound is Dr. John. And uh, the, he's got several songs that different people know, but there's one right here that Elizabeth, I've asked her to play. This is on an album called Duke Elegant, which is a tribute to Duke Ellington. And uh, so she's going to go ahead and play that song. You need to keep talking another second. Okay. You did not give me enough notice on that. Well, one. you go in there and what, pour a cup of coffee or something? I mean, you know, <laughs> you could have got ads in it. Anyway. So, Dr. John, there was a night we were in New Orleans once. I was with my parents. We were staying at these people's bed and breakfast in the, 
in the uh, Garden District. And I wanted to go down to this place called Tipitina's that somebody was playing. It might have been Dr. John. I got the wrong number. Called this poor little African-American lady. And she kept saying, who is this? It's kind of a funny thing. Okay, this is Dr. John playing Duke Ellington. Railroad tracks, shirts are never stuck. Guys have backs. It's a neighborhood where folks could relax. Always be wondering where the other side. Of the railroad tracks You ain't got to worry About no income tax The ask for if you By chimney stacks You always be wondering Where the other side That is the, the the way he plays the piano. That kind of rolling, la 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 la. That is very New Orleans style. Um, and he probably, you know, you could also say, well, Leon Russell, who was very good friends with Doctor John, played the piano like that, which he did, and he's from Oklahoma. But anyway, it's a style. Okay. So what's the difference between F-U-N-K and the F-O-N-K? The New Orleans style is a little more infused with jazz. I mean, it's not it's not cool in the gang or, you know. Uh, so cool in the gang would be F-U-N-K. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's not the right person to think of. Okay, Booker T and the MGs, like uh, Green Onions. That's more Memphis sound. The New Orleans is more, it's got more uh, embellishment to it. It's, so is, is F-O-N-K strictly New Orleans? Yeah. I mean, okay. it's a, it's a, it's a style. It's not, you're not going to hear this kind of music coming out of Memphis or Muscle Shoals, Alabama or the Delta of Mississippi. I mean, it's, that's a more pared down thing. This is more elegant. 
Just look at the houses down there. I mean, you know, they built these little row houses that have all these architectural embellishments on them, and they're in the freaking Ninth Ward or wherever. They're not, it's like people build really nice things that are very simple. Architecturally, you know, New Orleans has been just whammed by hurricanes for years, but they, it's, it, they, they try to make something beautiful out of it. And so that would be F O N K. Yeah. And it's not it's not mainstream America by any stretch. I mean, it's not a place I really enjoy visiting anymore because of what it's become, but in the 60s and 70s it was really a remarkable place. But it's not the same anymore. Anybody who lives there will tell you. So this is history what I'm doing, but Okay, do you know that the IRS is a foreign private? Wait a minute, hold on. But, but before, before right, that... We've already burned me, up 10 minutes. I on, know. Uh, I'm like, I, I got like things you were to ready. say. I know. Roll, roll. No, what I was going to... I wanted to finish up from the first half. We were talking about, uh, you know, a lot of the a lot of the commentary that's come out, from, you know, of that. And as you were discussing, a lot of, you know, even those that hate Trump, the liberal, you know, everybody's a little shocked at the whole thing. And... One of the comments I kept seeing on social media is this cry to dismantle these failed agencies. You know, this cry. And and it was funny because, uh, you know, quickly um, are these reminders that, you know, the FBI is not a part of our Constitution, that it's a branch of government that is by executive order and could be dismantled by the stroke of a pen, right? Um, so I just think it's 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 interesting that, you know, we, we take things for granted that have been a part and, you know, like they should, you should look at things and if they're not working, they should be retooled, reconfigured, rethought about, um, however. Well, what's I, the cardinal rule of bureaucracies? Get started and then perpetuate yourself. I sure. mean, and the way you perpetuate yourself is to keep getting a bigger budget every year. Isn't that what Hoover did at the fi- FBI? Find Just ways kept- to spend it and, uh, you know. I mean, it's always been Don Whitehead, who was from Knoxville, friend of my grandfather's, wrote a book about the FBI. He was a he was a news writer and had basically been a war correspondent in World War II, over in the middle of action, getting shot at, and reporting on the war. He comes back to Knoxville. Is a you know really good writer at the Knoxville News Sentinel wrote a book on the FBI and it was mainly about the big cases that the FBI tried, like the Lindbergh kidnapping, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, some of these communist people that tried to infiltrate the government, but in it, he didn't come out and criticize the FBI, but, but, but he, he basically said, you know, it could potentially have the seeds of its own destruction within it. This is what happens to big institutions. They become about self-perpetuation. Right. You've seen it. Sure, absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I, I think that, that people need to remember that. Although, I will say, I don't think it ended well for the last president that tried to dissolve a three-letter agency. Well, what do you mean? that it's Which one did he try to dissolve? JFK, CIA. Oh, well, I mean, you know, it, it, that might not have been an inside job. 
All right. Okay. Well, all right. So let's, and along those lines, um, I know you didn't really want to talk about it, but, uh, you know, perpetuating its, its, uh, its importance and control. I didn't say I control. didn't want to talk about it. You but put this thing right in front of me. What are you talking about? 87,000 experienced financial oh. accountants magically appear let me, ready Let me for, tell you, where are they going to find those yeah. people? I mean, you know, in this day and age, they're well, going to have to pay them. I mean, you can't get people even by paying them. I mean, it has to be. They got to be somebody that loves hurting people, and you know, you get twenty dollars from your friend on Venmo. That that's going to be a taxable event because you know, in other words, they're going to try to be looking at every little thing you do. Well, I've laughed because I thought, okay, man, if you're going to get eighty-seven thousand experienced financial accountants, by God, send them to Ukraine. They'll find plenty of our taxpayer money. <laughs> well. That's that's now that's funny. All right. Or, 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 really okay. Or that. let's hire eighty-seven thousand new border agents. Yeah, I saw that one. I, I also like saw a I guy like that. that said, "This was like last week, week and a half ago." I wish we could have had some of that Ukraine money for Eastern Kentucky. I sent that to our congressman, who Ooh. so vociferously defended sending sixty billion dollars to the Ukraine. So let's look at this thing. Do you know that the IRS is a foreign private corporation? You're going to have to That's, explain this to me. I just, it was an opinion I, I piece know. I was reading. Well, okay. Is it a foreign corporation? If you're going to have a, if you're going to have a news thing like that. I, I said, I wrote, this is an opinion piece. I wanted you actually to talk about. So is just, that, was that a joke about no, the IRS? No, it's not. No, I mean, there, right. that, that's this guy's, that's. Well, the, the Fed, I'll, I guarantee you the Federal Reserve is not. It's not a real government agency either. The point is, is that these bureau look look at what's happening in the state of Kentucky. I mean, my God, there's all kinds of these little public corporations that nobody inspects, and it's because the voters, the taxpayers, we just want to be left alone. The problem is there are people who are nefarious, who don't want to leave us alone, and, you know, I go back to the Bible and the history of Israel. Every time they, they found that they were constantly engaged in what I'll call spiritual warfare. What do I mean? A battle for their soul. Who are you? Are you going to be what you're destined to be? And how hard are you willing to fight for it? That's the, the that, that's the battle that I see. And, and then there's a lot of people out there <clears throat> who have given up on ever having anything like a destiny. They simply want to be comfortable, have money, be left alone, do their little thing that they do. You know, I like doing this and, and this is what they're, they're going to hold. They're going to cling to it. And, and they will be parts of trying to destroy other people who are trying to strive to do their destiny in life because they're jealous. They don't want the light shown on them because they're missing the boat. They have settled to be a part of a bureaucracy. Let me go out. My life will be taking from people who are actually being productive. Unfortunately, the one thing Mitt Romney said that I agree with is that that's about half the country. 
which it is. Well, and you that, know that cost him. And Mitt Romney typically wouldn't defend what he said. He tried to walk it back. I, I would say, yeah, I'm right, you dumb sons of bitches. Excuse me. And uh, you know, you proved me wrong. That's not what little sweet Mitt did. He he just backtracked. He just crawfished like a typical politician. If we had somebody that would actually stand behind what they uh, said, they'd elect him president of the universe. Well, I loved the one of my favorite books was Atlas Shrugged. I, I love that book. Um, I think I read it a couple times. I have a problem just, with her. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and, and, and many She's people soulless. may soulless. She, well, uh, the the quote that is making its rounds on the social media i did want to share when you see that in order to produce you need to obtain permission from men who produce nothing when you see that money is flowing to those who deal not in goods but in favors when you see that men get richer by graft and by pool than by work and your laws don't protect you against them but protect them against you that's you know that that came that that, that is good i mean did you ever see the movie the sting i did Okay, there's a place in there where they're talking about doing this thing on, I, I forgot the guy's name, it's played by Robert Shaw, the, the big gangster. And Newman and, uh, and Redford are talking, and Newman is talking about how bad Chicago had been, I don't know, 30 years earlier or 40 years earlier. And he said to be a citizen was to be in on the, Corruption. In other words, everybody was a part of it. That was the way Chicago worked. You were a part of the system. The system stunk. In order to live, you had to be a part of the system. This is kind of where we are today. If you're not going to be a part of the system, you're going to have to walk a lonely path. That's fine with me. Because I don't like people to begin with. Well, think about no, it. No, Being kidding. part of the system means that was that a joke. Okay, you, don't don't, don't okay. Let, let me absolve I, myself there. That's Go right. ahead. Say, <laughs> the problem but, is you don't either, and that's why you jumped in there. <laughs> Being a part of the system is that you are a tax-paying citizen in this country. Imagine if people got so tired of the corruption and you. How many people don't stopped. pay taxes? Well. Okay. And they talk about the wealthy not paying their fair share. Are you kidding me? They pay like 80%, you know, but well, that's still no taxes, not enough. There are no government workers because they're not getting paid. Imagine that, you know, is, is that really too hard to think that people would just get so tired and fed up with corruption that they just said, all right, I'm not paying into this anymore. Then they'd have to do something about those 87,000 new IRS agents they just hired. What are they going to be doing? I haven't hired them yet. Yeah. Well, it's in the works, isn't to. it? In the works. Oh, it's it's in a bill. So, all right, go ahead. You in this me? misery. Oh, In my. this misery. You know, everybody might actually be having fun listening to you, but it might be misery. So what's coming up in the third hour? No, we're going into the second, second hour. hour. Oh, we got some good music for that. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what the music is because I haven't... Uh, You'll, I haven't you'll, been given. You'll learn it and the, get used to it. You know what? I get used to a lot of stuff. <laughs> Listeners, you know that. It's oh, welcome God. to my world. He's getting sassy the end of this first hour. I'm kind of not looking forward to what might yeah. come in the second hour. But we will be joined by Darsh Meshru and Mike Johnson. We're going to have a roundtable 
coming up in the second hour. Lots of good financial discussion. And I'm sure that you will learn something. We will be back in just a few minutes. And as always, you can always find more of the Tom Dupree Show at DupreeFinancial.com on the blog and radio tab. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Keep on.